Previously on Wild Endeavors After escaping imprisonment in the ethereal plane, the companions set out to rescue Kara Nilo. She was part of a guild of assassins led by a megalomaniac bent on becoming a lich. Surge led the party to Saramore, a cursed valley that none can leave, even in death. After facing many horrors in the valley, the companions made their way to Karsaro Keep, the supposed epicenter of the curse, and perhaps their only chance of escaping. Searching for a potential way out, Quintus is confronted and ambushed by the criminal Glass Brothers. This is the Shadows Campaign, featuring Adam Rogers as the human fighter Hans Gregor. We just want to go home. Devin Salisbury as the human gunslinger Quintus Arias. I'm not going to lie to you, this is a personal thing right now. Amy Jostino as the tiefling thief Calico Bane. We're all just trying to get out. Evan Chamberlain as the tiefling warlock Rackham Bane. I want to go home. And I'm Thomas Marsetti, your DM. I'm not a sadist in real life, but I do play one at the table. Thomas, you did this. You fucking did this. <laughs> and now, the Shadows Campaign series finale, part one, The Blind God. Glass looks at you across the room, Quinn. His dark brown hair is slicked back over his head. A garish cloth of silver jacket sparkles in the lantern light as he slowly swirls wine in his glass. His dark green eyes show only the barest hint of disappointment, hearing that he and his brother are not infamous. Well, maybe this will change that, he says. And then a dagger is plunged into your back. And you are going to take 20 damage. Out of the corner of your eye, you see the air behind you shimmer as the illusion vanishes and Obadiah Glass comes into view. Later, you'll come to realize that the dagger was mere centimeters from severing your spine. All you know in this moment is the intense pain and that you can no longer keep your feet. You collapse to your knees. As your mind is still reeling from this blow, you feel a slight pressure on your shoulder, and you see Obadiah sauntering around to in front of you. And as he's going, he is wiping your blood off of his blade onto the shoulder of your jacket. Anatoly throws back the rest of the wine in his glass and sets it on the counter. Did you really think you were the first Justica to try to cut a deal with the Glass Brothers? We will never give you swine an inch. I would say we all have friends in in high places here, and I will draw my small pistol and shout for the group to come in and fire it in their eyes, a flare to blind them. Roll to shoot. Ten. Roll some damage. Twelve. 
You're aiming towards their eyes to blind them, or at least distract them. The flare arcs from your gun. You hear the sound of the flare striking one of the brothers. With the after image flashing in your eyes, you lose track of it for just a second, until Anatoly grabs at his face and starts to scream. Hans, Calico, and Rackham, you've been following Quinn and his new friend down the, the various paths of the hallway. Down these again, it's not enough to like to get lost, but just enough where like are out of sight of the two of them more often than not. You hear a door close up ahead. And as you make the turn into that hallway, you see a bunch of doors and you're not sure like where they went and you're kind of standing there for for a moment just kind of trying to decide what to do when you hear someone scream from a door just to your right i want to Is burst it, into that door to stop rackham from just bursting through the door i would picture me rushing to go open it and usher them in real fast and then follow in behind and kind of close it quietly Calico, what are you doing? You hear the scream and Rackham just starts sprinting and Hans is, seems to be chasing after him. I'm going to send the chinchilla to find Sharkin and let him know that things might be escalating faster than we anticipated. And then I will follow the other two into the room. The clockwork chinchilla goes scampering down the hallway in search of Sharkin. It didn't take you long to record the message in there and set the little rodent on its way, but it was long enough that the Rackham and Hans are going to be making their way through the door before you. They do so far less brashly than Rackham had hoped for, and far less quietly than Hans had hoped for. Inside the room, you see two dapperly dressed men. One is screaming and clawing at his face as a flare seems to be embedded there, burning away. The other one is shaking his head, trying to clear his vision, while he flips his dagger into a reverse grip and begins to move toward Quinn. Quinn is kneeling in the middle of the room, shakily lowering his pistol, and you can see a pool of blood is growing underneath him in the carpet. I will say, Hans, don't stop him. Rack him. Burn their souls. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to run up to Opadiah, and I'm going to grab him by the face. I'm going to just burn his his face and soul with brimstone. Roll a hack and slash first for the face grabbing. Seven. That's a partial, so you do get in and grab their face. Tell us what that looks like. I'm gonna just, like I said, grab him by the face. I'm gonna say, Your soul belongs to the king in yellow. This really dark yellow brimstone fire coming out of my hand. And roll to cast. Three. As you are saying that, as you get to the yellow part, your your voice jumps up an octave as he buries his dagger in your stomach oh. in retaliation for you grabbing his face. That is seven damage. And he's going to start screaming from having his soul starting to burn. Can Hans um, like, go run to shut the door? I'm concerned about these screams getting out. You can close the door, but Calico is still outside in the hallway at the moment. Um, okay. I like wave him forward. So, <laughs> so Hans slams the door. Calico is still outside. Quinn, I think you <laughs> fall can forward quickly... just a little bit, like kind of like catch yourself on one hand. You've still got the revolver. Can I quickly and... take, take the one healing tonic I have? Yeah, that's five HP. Okay, cool. This particular tonic has a, a wintergreen flavor to it. 
that's very refreshing as it goes down. And then you feel that familiar pinching feeling in your back by that knife wound as the magic of the tonic begins to start to like knit your flesh back together, keeping you from bleeding out. Anatolia's got the flare off of his face and like the whole right side of his head is like just crisp like burned flesh there's that stink of burned hair he is kind of staggering as well like he's kind of like fumbling at his belt okay I want to run past Rackham and the other one then grab the guy with the burned face by the collar and throw him backwards like to the ground uh, go ahead and roll hack and slash for that 10 What's the goal here? Are you trying more to hurt him or to, like, incapacitate him? I mean, I, I am strong, so I think he'll be hurt from the fall. But yes, I'm also trying to get, you know, just get him off his feet so he can't grab whatever he's trying to grab from his belt, and then maybe somebody else can do whatever they need to do. I don't want to really draw my sword right now. But. Okay. When you grab him and just yank him down, he's not expecting it. He didn't see you coming. Go ahead and roll pure damage. Well, you juke around Obadiah and Rackham. You come up in Anatoly's blind spot and grab him, yank him back, and he goes like falling like straight down, and his head smacks off the corner of a table. He spins sideways and crumples to the ground. And just a little bit of blood starts leaking out of the unburned side of his face, and he is not moving. Anatoly goes to, like, stab at me again. I want to grab his hands. So I want to do a chaos blast on him. Roll to cast. Two. So there's a bit of a tussle as he is trying to stab you again. And then you throw down this chaos blast. But he jerks his hand back trying to get the knife free from you. And that throws you off balance. And the chaos blast explodes in between the two of you and the door, blasting the door to pieces, and is going to damage you, Obadiah, and Hans. Rackham, go ahead and roll damage for that. Why, why you do this? Oh, oh no. <laughs> 10. As you two are staggering back, Calico, you see Obadiah running out of the room. If he's running, do I get a... Yeah, I'll throw a dagger instead. Ten. That's a good hit. Roll your damage. Five. You send a dagger flying and it catches him like in the side, like just like above a, a kidney. And he recoils from it and kind of his feet kind of skidding in the carpet just a little bit as he makes the turn around a corner. But as you come around the corner, you see that the hallway is empty. Oh back in the den. Hans and Rackham are recovering from that explosion of magic. Quinn, you're feeling that wound in your back is like stitching up just a little bit from the tonic. See the I devil has Okay. Can I go check the brother's body that's dead? He had the mm -hmm. necklace. Can I grab that? Yeah. And I'll just say Calico he had this. He's part of them. Calico, the necklace he hands you has a single pendant on it. It is in the shape of a black skull with the lower jaw missing, and it appears the top teeth have been broken off. This is the symbol of the silence. Can I check his body for loot? He's got some gold and a dagger. <sighs> what was he reaching for? Probably his dagger. He was expecting that his brother would kill you, and so didn't have a weapon drawn. Oh. Is there anything on the Anatoly body that signifies, like, like a remembrance to Anatoly? Like, like something that signifies he's, like, a glass brother? Because I would like to grab it as like a 
check of I killed the person kind of thing. You can definitely pull a signet ring off of him as a memento. As far as for proof, that won't be necessary, though. The Twelve Tables, which is the High Court of the Primarchy, employs a number of very specialized investigators. In particular, they have people known as Yagadors, who, through some type of magic that they were born with, or some type of ESP, are able to sense the history or the, like, terroir of an item. So, when you return, by touching your gun, they'll be able to know that it was used in the killing of Anatoly Glass, and that's the way that you verify that you've completed, you know, the killing of these criminals that you hunt. Can I take his jacket? <laughs> you can. New jacket. And yeah. proceed out of the room and away from where guards are probably going to be coming. Hans and Rackham, what are you guys doing? I'm just I'm getting out of there with my new jacket, of course. <laughs> yeah, I want to get out of the room. I'm probably going to say, like, try to make my way into the direction where the other brother went. But that's just me personally. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a personal thing right now. But also, if you want to help, he could be leading us to a way to break this curse or whoever the master is or whoever his master is. So if you want to follow, let's go. But if not, I'm going. I I do nod my head and I go, it's like killing two stones with one bird. Let's do this. I do I do look at Quinn and I say, I'm sorry, the fire wasn't hot enough to burn his soul. And I'm going to shrug and be like, well, I do need my other well, dagger did. back. So. so you open the door to leave the, de- <laughs> to leave the den and step out into the hallway and a bunch of guards come around the corner in front of you. Six of them. And you turn around and see six guards coming around the, the hallway from the other way. Hmm. and they all, they'll kind of stop, and they, like, open up their staves into, like, the two sword staves. And then you see, coming into the hallway behind, uh, the second set of six guards is a woman in a very, like, sleek-fitting black gown with a black-gemmed mask with feathers laying back over her head, down her hair. And she says, that's them. Bring them. When she turns and looks directly at Hans, says, Darling, I'm so sorry. Truly. But the blind god is very interested in meeting you. Perhaps if you survive, we can pick up where we left off. And with that, Milena Carsaro turns and begins to walk down the hallway. The four of you are roughly shoved through a door. The guards with staff swords are prodding you forward and then swinging the staff part into the back of your knees drops all four of you um, to kneel in this uh, large round chamber. The room's easily about 600 feet across. Statues ring the wall, about a dozen of them very noble-looking, war hero style. The walls are largely unadorned and slope gracefully upward into a dome. At the pinnacle of the dome, a large stained glass window seems to radiate uh, the ever-dark sky of, of Saramor above it. The only light in the room comes from a massive orb of water that is floating in the center of the room. Um, the thing is about, about 200 feet across. The center of it is uh, darker than like a night sky would be. It does seem to be refracting light from somewhere, sending you know these dark blue like waving cascading patterns around the room. 
below the sphere, carved into the floor, and outlined in dark, crusty pigments is a circle of runes. Even though none of you are like terribly arcane inclined, you do recognize some of the symbols. Um, they remind you of some of the symbols you saw the te- teleportation circle back in Arthamore. In the room with you are six guards. Malena Carsaro. She's taken off her mask and set it on one of the tables. There are three other nobly dressed individuals. As they all take off very similar like black diamond studded masks, uh, it's very clear that they they are all Carsaros as well. They have that very notable Carsaro chin and a hawk-like nose. One is a woman who's much younger than Melina. Not quite a child, but early teens. The other two are men, one maybe just getting into middle age, the other one much older, hair fully white. The three of them are wearing snow white, southern gothic style outfits. And then lastly, bound and kneeling off to the right side of the room is Eliardo. He looks over at you and says, So much for second chances at a first impression. He raises his bound hands to you and says, I promise, I do not seek out bondage. I just seem to be having a bit of a... And he's cut off as the white-haired Carsaro kicks him in the stomach. The elder Carsaro looks down at Aliardo with disdain and says, You still talk too much. The middle-aged Carsaro walks over to the four of you and kind of looks you up and down, walking up and down the line of you. He then stops and, without turning his head, says, Malena, your new pets are filthy. Shouldn't we have them cleaned before we present them to the blind god? She directs a little sweeping arm motion with her palm up toward him and says, We didn't bring them here for their fashion or their pedigree. If it will make you happy, Xavier, then by all means, do as you will. He then looks at you for another moment as if weighing options and then finally says, Well, I suppose we'd better get you patched up so you don't simply bleed your way through any more clothes. Would you like some healing? Yes. Surely. Surely. Yes. I don't, like, look at him. I look at her and said, I would love to be healed. (laughs) (laughs) She's giving you the eyes. Xavier tells the guards to fetch someone named Pietro. And the guards return just a couple minutes later with a young man dressed in nice but simple clothing. He says, oh, I'm, I'm just so honored to serve the blind god. Uh, he seems very excited and a little bit nervous. So Xavier starts talking to him. Yes, that's good. Come sit on this table. And he moves Pietro over to one of the tables. That's kind of like in between some of the statues. And Pietro's like, oh, my mother will be so proud. It's my first. And Pietro's interrupted by Xavier slitting his throat. Xavier kind of cradles his body as he falls and gently lays the guy down on the table and then begins to take blood and draw shapes on the table around Pietro's body. As Xavier makes these symbols on the table in the blood, your wounds start to heal. Hans, like, asks, like, so do you have, like, a a room full of those? And I just, like, point at the lifeless body. Xavier just laughs. He says, (laughs) we have a whole valley full of those. He wipes the, the blood off of his hands on Pietro's clothes and then walks back over in front of you and begins casting a spell. Most of you recognize this as one Leandros used quite a bit. Precipitation. Bloodstains lift and waft away almost like smoke to disappear into the air. The scorch marks from Rackham's magic crumble and falls off like dust. Xavier mutters a few extra words and the actual like holes and cut marks and slashes and things like that in the clothing begin to mend as well. And then he steps back out of the way and the room is just kind of quiet. As it just seems like everybody's just kind of waiting. 
Then a ripple expands from the center of the watery orb, and from that dark sphere within, that section that is too deep for the light to penetrate, comes two finger-like appendages. They are the size of mature birch trees, but a dark blue and purple colored. They look like a cross between a spider's legs and tentacles. They extend from either side of the darkness, and then on knobby knuckles, the two limbs bend away from each other, appearing to grab the sides of the dark like it was a hole rather than just water. From the depths emerges a face, a broad, grotesque, almost anglerfish-like visage appears, its jaw slack, revealing a gaping maw filled with razor-sharp teeth. Revealing a gaping maw filled with razor-sharp teeth that are far too big for the mouth to contain. At least a dozen milky, red, cataract-riddled eyes of various sizes bunch on the front of the thing with no semblance of order. As more of the thing emerges from the dark, more of those tentacle fingers come through with it. They flail and reach around the creature in the water, some lashing like the tail of a predator, and some feeling around like the antennae of an insect. You don't need anyone to tell you, because there is no way that this horror could be anything else. This is the Blind God. As the thing appears fully into the orb of water, you get the sensation of a tidal wave crashing down inside your skull, and then over and over and over again, like the surf tearing sand away from the shore. These waves of psychic energy pound into your head. You are each going to take a minus one debility to intelligence. As suddenly as they began, the waves cease, and it feels that as if somebody had been holding your head underwater and finally allowed you to come up for air. Your vision is blurry. Your inner ear thinks that you are spinning around and around, and you realize later that the clothes that Xavier has just cleaned for you are now collecting droplets of blood as they fall from your nose. And then, like a thousand voices in unison, physically falling on top of you, you hear, If you resist me, I will break you, and then you will serve me anyway. Submit to me your will. Give to me everything that is you. This is my world, and all who walk it will serve me eternally. Nah, I'm good. I um, thought we had, like, some blessing that would, like, protect us. stop things from getting in our head or something. As you are wondering that, Quinn, you look over to where the Karsaros and the guards are standing, and they are standing motionless, emotionless, almost lifeless, like marionettes waiting for their strings to be lifted again. And it occurs to you that probably the only reason you aren't already sharing the same fate as them, or something much worse, is because of the blessing that the Harmony gave you. Cool. I asked Malena, like, what is this thing talking about? She just stares straight ahead at nothing, her eyes wide and unblinking, and says, Do not fight it. It's better if you simply give yourself to him. I already serve um, a god. Hans says, take him. <laughs> I can't actually submit something I don't own anymore. You hear that voice in your head again rise up in anger. What is this? And then the doors behind you burst open. And a figure in all black swoops into the room. A dagger flies into the throats of the two guards nearest the door. As you turn, it bounds and does like a backflip over top of you, landing in between you 
and the blind god. And they pull a gem out of their jacket and then point it at the blind god and a brilliant white light pours forth from the gem. The thing in the water starts to scream in pain. And the figure turns back to you and Then says, We really need to go. I don't know how long this will hold it. <laughs> what? I'm not liking this right now. In, in my mind, I'm like, Leandros? I mean, I don't know. Can I Look. discern realities? Go ahead and roll it. Can I also do it once he's done? Sure. A three. Okay. Hans, your mind is racing. Flashes of memory bombard you. Then dying, a dagger in his heart. Fighting your way through Hell House, carrying him. Leandros's attempt at necromancy. Then's empty grave. And now he's standing in front of you again, shooting some kind of light at some eldritch horror that is psychically pummeling you. It's just a little bit too much for you to take in right now. While Hans is a little bit too baffled to do anything else, Calico, go ahead and roll yours. Ten. That's full success, so you get three questions from that list. Who's really in control? For the moment, while he has this beam of light burning into the face of the blind god, Fen is probably the most in control. Oh! What is not what it seems? This also applies to who slash what is not what it seems. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little freaked out. I'm not gonna lie. You killed that motherfucker. Yeah, I just plunged I plunged a dagger into his heart and now he's saving me. I don't know what the fuck that meant. I'm very baffled. You hear Hans let out a noise that's part grunt, part groan. You look over and all the confusion and uncertainty that you are feeling is plastered on his face, but tenfold. His mind is blown. Over his shoulder, you see the Carsaros standing in a loose semicircle about 50 feet away. They are all stock still, arms perfectly at their sides, faces blank, eyes unblinking, staring ahead. But then they seem to stutter, like a, a chunk of film is missing. And then they are all standing in slightly different places. Now they're relaxed, creepy, unnerving smiles on their faces as they are clearly enjoying what they're seeing. Their arms are crossed or on their hips or holding a glass of wine. Then there is another stutter and they are back to stock still, staring straight ahead. Hmm, okay. Um, what's about to happen? You can see that the blind god is already starting to recover um, and push back against that beam of light. So once the scales tip the other way, once it is fully recovered, things are going to get very bad. Okay, well, I guess we'll follow Ghost then. <laughs> Let's go. Hans runs. Um, I'm following. I'm immediately like, I already know the predicament I'm in and don't want to be here and now have an opportunity to not be here. Well, then I will put Quinn in between me and Finn and yeah. make sure Rapkin's following me. Oh, of course, yeah. As you scramble to your feet, you give each other meaningful glances of the let's get out of here variety. Now turned to face the door, you see four guards, one now almost directly in front of each of you. This is not a surprise to you. These are the guards that you know smacked you in the legs to get you to kneel. If anything, these guards are surprised by the fact that you've shot to your feet. There are the two dead guards by the door, which is about 150 feet away. And then the four car sorrows stand to your right uh, at about what would be about like three o'clock. Do we have our weapons or anything? No, they are on a table by the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's all I got. Did you have your sash? Oh yeah, I have my sash on. Mm-hmm. 
I forgot about the sash. All the time. You always forget about the sash. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to use my sash to attack the one behind me. Okay. Ten. That's a good hit. What's that look like? I think I would have it kind of around my neck, and I'd like kind of quietly untie it and then send it flying behind me toward the person. Roll your damage. Three. So you spin around, whispering your command word, turning the silk of the scarf into steel. The guard tries to jump back from it, but you still get a good cut along his stomach. The guard in front of me, uh, I want to move up to like grab him, cast the urge on him, and I'm going to give him the urge to attack his nearest ally. Roll to cast. Straight ten. So the guard in front of you dives at the guard that was just got cut up by Calico. I want to grab my sister's hand and run then. I will run up to Fen and be like, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> he says, let's find a room where they're not trying to kill us first. All right. Catching I want to go to the door. Valid. So I do have, because, you know, I had the bell hidden in my wrist like little compartment. The bell that I, I used a while back to free uh-huh. the ball. In its place, so I have a uh, oil of slipperiness that grants me freedom of movement. Okay. Can I use, can I use that? Sure. So I'd like splash myself with it or and then dart past the guard. Yeah. So you take the tiny vial out of the pouch in your bracer. You upend it over your head. There's only a little bit of liquid in the vial, but when each little bit hits you, it spreads out and rapidly covers all of you in this sheen. As you start to run, the guard tries to stop you, and he actually brings up his staff, trying to block your way with it. You twist your shoulders just a little bit, and so then when the staff hits your chest, it goes zipping off you like a penguin down an ice slide, and the guard stumbles forward past you. And then the final guard is going to get in a defensive stance, try to get right in the way of Hans as Hans starts to run, and is going to try to stop you. I want to blast forth a devastating wave of light. From your gauntlets of the dying stars? Yeah. Go ahead and roll that. Ooh, ten. I have full control over the dying stars. Go ahead and roll damage on that. Thirteen. So that ability also gives your attack the messy tag. So, you raise the black iron gauntlets you found in that hidden room in the catacombs of the abandoned chapel. Through them, you tap into some unknown and immense source of power. The backs of them begin to glow, first red hot, then white. When you punch forward, it's like the gauntlets are dragging the air with them, superheating it, and then it springs out ahead almost like a blowtorch. The gout of golden energy slams into and then through the guard. His torso vanishes in a cloud of gore. His arms and legs flop to the ground. I imagine um, Fen, like, is, like, his eyes are wide open, and I'll just be like, long story. And I'll, like, run to the door. Fair enough. You all make it to the door. Let's say you grab your stuff off the, the table as you're going. After you all get through, Than closes the door and jabs a sword into the latches that are like to hold it closed. And he's like, waves a finger, like, we gotta keep going. That's not gonna hold him. Hans knows that Amy killed him, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not Amy, but... Calico, like Calico killed him, yeah. No. Um, but you're not, you're not mad at her. Yeah, I convinced you he was a danger to all of us. That he needed to die. Yeah, and because of the Golden Root Potion... You just can't imagine any world that that Calico would lie to you or steer you wrong in any way. So 
So Than ducks into room, probably like 100 feet or so down the hallway. I'm following. Yep. I want to follow in too. You find yourself in a, a library. There are two other doors on the on the far side. There's a lot of you know, tables and some chairs around for reading. Than looks back at you guys and says, where's Landris? Uh, yeah, he, he died. I'm Quinn, Quinn, by the way. You'd see what had happened was. <laughs> he says, well, shit. I found this diary. He pulls a small black leather bound book out of a pouch. I was hoping Landris could make sense of it. Some of the symbols reminded me of the teleportation circle in Arthamore. I thought it might be able to give us some clues on how to get out of here. I just put my hand out, Sweet. like all awkward. Hi, I'm on, like hits his hand away. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> else? So in this little hustle and bustle, Than thought that you were reaching for the diary, and so he says, "Do you know magic?" I, I do. Yes. Well, maybe you can maybe you can make some sense of this. And he gives you the diary and says. We need to keep watch at the doors. If they catch us in here, we'll be trapped. Can the three of you post up on the doors? Perhaps we can hear them coming before it's too late. Whatever you say, dead man, but this better be good because it looked like we were in the teleportation room minutes ago. Oh, no. If that's what that room was, there was also a guard in there. It seemed pretty intent on not letting you simply escape. Uh, I just go back to the door. For this next little bit, with the group spread out just a little bit in this room Than is going to walk around and talk to each of you privately. To make it a little bit more interesting, I'm going to be doing these one-on-one by booting everybody else out of the hangout. So Than comes up to, to Hans. It's good, good to see you, old chap. You look a little bit off. How well, do you feel? I, I feel like I'm seeing a ghost and I probably shouldn't be surprised by that being in this place. I was going to say, I feel like ghosts are probably the least of your worries here. What are we doing? Where did you come from? Where have you been? I saw Calico kill you in what she said was a service to us. Yes, I'm sure she did. Look, I, I don't think that we can trust Calico. Why? Obviously, I'm a little bit biased because she killed me. But if she was keeping that secret, what, what else is she not telling us? Maybe it'd be better if she didn't come with us. What secret? You, you look very, very off. Has, has anyone had a chance to slip you anything? I don't, I don't think so. I've been with these same folks since the day you died. He reaches into another little pouch at his belt and pulls out two leaves. They look almost like mint. Chew these. If you have been dosed, this should, this should clear it out of your system. If not, it's just going to make your, your breath uh, nice and minty. I kind of timidly take the leaves and put them in my mouth and then slowly chew. As you chew them, the golden root in your system stops working, and you now have full, clear memory of what happened, particularly of Calico dosing you and convincing you not to kill her. Oh my. Oh my. First Leandros. Well, well I guess that's not even first now. Um, oh man. You have no idea what Leandros was trying to do, and now, and now I find out this about Calico? I don't even know... Quinn seems okay, but now I'm not even sure about him. Well, but now that we know, we can keep an eye on them, and I think if we get an opportunity, we should try to leave her behind. I don't care, and I just want to get out of here. I owe nothing to anybody. Very good. Well, I promise you, we will get out of here for her. And I put my arm on his shoulder and say, it's good to see you back, buddy. It's good to see you too, Hans. So Than walks up to Quinn and says, I don't think we've obviously didn't have a chance to be properly introduced. My name is Theron Nilo. I was a traveling companion with, with this group uh, sometime before they met you. Well, when I found them and you, you kind of were 
a dead man lying on the floor. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, it appears that uh, death does not stick as much as it should in this place. Yeah, we kind of got wind of that. I must say, I am a bit surprised to see uh, Justica traveling with uh, this group of murderer and thieves. Unless um, I've misjudged you. No, uh, I just seek a, a means to get out of this place. And uh, these seem the more cooperative murderers and thieves that uh, <laughs> I can come across here. I suppose they have their moments. But I, I get it. Honestly, I don't, I don't think any less of you. I've broken a few oaths in my day, too. There are just there are times when it's easier to to not keep your word, to take the take that easy path rather than than what you promised yourself you'd do. I can understand that. So, what's next after this? Well, hopefully, your little uh, tiefling friend can find uh, something in that diary to help us get out of here. How did you come back? We kind of, like, lost track of your body. Partly because of Landros, but, you know. <laughs> so I've heard. I'm not sure how it happened, how it worked. One moment I was in the City of the Dead, and the next I was in the woods, not far from here. Strange times, strange places. Indeed. Calico. So you see Fan go and talk to Hans, mm -hmm. um, and the two of them embrace and, you know, pat each other on the back. Then, then goes talks to Quinn, obviously much more subdued, and then he comes over to talk to you. <laughs> Do not for a second believe that I have forgotten or forgiven what you did. If we get out of here, there will be a reckoning. But I will not risk our companions' lives over our quarrel. Well, hey, that's something. But know this. I gave Hans an antidote. It's slow acting, and there's no way to know when it will kick in. But when it does, he will remember what you did to him. <laughs> I wonder what he will do then. Uh, well, I fought him once before. At least this time, he's got fewer people to stand behind him. Yes, but this time you'll not have a dagger at my back. Technically, it was your chest, but details. He gives you he gives you a stink eye. So I also told Thin that I have nothing against him. Um, after I met him, I didn't think he was that bad of a guy, but I had orders. news was a threat to the clasp. So I had to do what I had to do. That I understand your motivations and would likely have done the same thing were I in your shoes. Does nothing to change what is between you and I. He then turns and walks to go talk to Rackham. So then comes up and says, "I, We did not get a, a chance to be properly introduced. Uh, my name is Theron Nilo. I used to be a traveling companion of, uh, of these folks. Okay, uh, um, hello. I hold my hand up. I'm Rackham Bane. I'm Calico's brother, uh... I'm better now. Good, good. Um, so, um, you know my sister? Yes, yes, we've had uh, some run-ins. Okay, she she's a really good person, let me tell you. Okay, um, well, it's, I mean, it seems that you, uh, for sure, are a good a good person. Um, I should say, if nothing else, it's very good of you to forgive them. I'm, I'm sorry, what? What do I have to forgive? Uh, our, our companions. I, I assume you forgave them? For what? They're, they've always treated me good. For what they did in Beacon's End. Did did they not tell you? What's a Beacon's End? Oh dear. It's a city. I feel like it shouldn't be me telling you, but I feel that you should know. When, long story short, we, we visited Beacon's End to 
recover a magical item. When we got there, it turned out to be guarded by a warlock. So the reason I mention it is because she bore markings very much like yours. Uh, I assume she also served whatever patron you do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the king in yellow, yes. You know of him. I don't, but I recognized, uh, I recognized your markings. But the warlock that we met in Beacon's End, well, we could have easily just sneaked by her uh, and, and gotten her, but they wanted to make sure that we killed her and, and tortured her before she died because she was a warlock. It was disturbingly violent, and I... I... That sounds bad. I mean, they haven't done that to me, though. I mean... No. I'm pretty sure my sister wouldn't let that happen. I really hope not. Like, I said, she's a really good person. Maybe they don't realize you have any connection to this, this king. You haven't mentioned I'm it, have you? I'm pretty sure they know. Well, maybe they... Maybe they didn't tell you because they planned to... Oh, I... No, man, I... Maybe I'm just worrying you for no reason. I'm. Then plan to what? It's okay. We can become a secret. <laughs> um, I'm good at keeping secrets. I, just, uh, I fear that they may try to do to you what they did to her. I mean, like take her out of a like a nice dinner or something, and that sounds like agony to me. I don't like wearing shirts. <laughs> uh, no, Hans was very specific in the the damage he's has, he hasn't shown any hostility towards you has he no no not at all no he's like my best friend he doesn't know it but he's like my best friend then then maybe this is all for for naught maybe I'm maybe I'm worrying you for no reason it's okay Finn I understand so Finn has been around the room talked to each of you and is now kind of just hanging out towards the middle of the room there's like a couple tables Rackham is sitting at one, there's like an empty table, and then Than is leaning on the, the third table. And then the three of you at the door is kind of around the, the perimeter of the room. How are you guys doing? Well, I have my uh, my sword drawn. Where's Calico, like, in relation to me? Directly across the room. Um, like, it... Alright. I'm just kind of, like, looking across at her. That's about <laughs> it. Maybe I shout to, like, Rackham, like, hurry it up, magic boy. I'm reading the book. I'm just keeping my post, watching the door, noticing, like, some of the awkwardness kind of in the room, and just kind of, like, glancing back, like, making sure everything's good. <laughs> Calico, are you doing anything? Uh, contemplating my options. Okay. One of the nice things about this awkward situation is that it's very quiet, and Rackham can skim through the diary very quickly. You find in the diary a ritual that appears to be some kind of modified version of, like, dimension door. And if this ritual is done in a a certain way, uh, it will allow participants in the ritual to pass through this doorway. In the ritual text, it's they call it the shadow door. It certainly sounds like a door out of the shadow. Can I start performing the ritual, or do we have to be in a certain location? You do need to be in a certain location. Um, the ritual mentions that there are certain rooms in the mansion where the kind of like the death curse doesn't work. So people killed there will die. Like they'll be dead for good. Um, okay. You will also need the blood of at least one innocent person. Mm, so none of us. Then. <laughs> I call over um, Finn. I go, Mr. Finn, Mr. Finn, can, can you come here, please? Okay. He walks over. I start showing him the outline of the book. I think I know how to get us out of this place, but we need a few things. And the first thing is, why is everybody, like, being really awkward right now? 
Well, I think it's just a it's a tense situation. Uh, I think we're all a little bit concerned of the an angry god who might want to kill us. Sister, sister, um, I think I figured it out, and I show her the book too. We need um, the blood of an innocent, though. So, um, how much blood? Uh, that I don't. I don't think a lot. It says basically all the blood. All the blood. We need all the blood. Hans, could you go seduce somebody out there and bring them in here, and we can kill them? That's like pretty harsh, but I mean, probably not a bad idea. Yeah, but technically they come back to life if we kill kill them, right? No. Oh, that's the thing. If we kill them, finds a new body. They're dead forever. Is there another way? I I don't think so. I'm. I mean, I could read the book again, but it might. Then do you recognize? They said that there was. Uh, I was no, that was me picturing. There was a room full of these weirdos. <laughs> I don't. Never mind. Well, there there is a party going on out there. Aren't the guards looking for it though? Yes. Well, that will make it a little bit harder. I can disguise myself to make myself look like a Casaro. It might not be a good idea to send Rackham out since he's the only one that can cast this thing. I can sneak out, probably. I think that um, sounds like a great idea. I can make you either invisible, or I can make you look like somebody else. Let's go invisible. Can I go invisible? All right. Yeah. I'm going to use uh, Ring of Guys. So just to be sure, yeah, okay. So that is just the Warlock spell name for invisibility. So real quick, can you just give me the broad strokes or basic outline of what you are planning to do? I'm going to be invisible, then I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to slip them. Is there a way to become uninvisible? Yeah. Because I was thinking if I'm uninvisible, then I give them the golden root, and then I just tell them to follow me and bring them back. Okay? Okay. That's the plan. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and roll the cast. Nine. That is a partial success. So you can lose the spell. You can draw unwelcome attention or take a minus one ongoing to cast spells. I'll lose the spell. So the markings on Rackham's body flare with a magic yellow light. And then Calico vanishes. So Calico, roll plus your dexterity to cover you like sneaking up on somebody. Nine. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the person that you found. It's probably just somebody who got really drunk and was stumbling around one of the hallways. And I was like, oh, hi, friend. I was like, this way, we can make you comfortable while you sleep this off. Uh, It's a young man. Young as in, like, a child? No, 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 yeah, probably, like, 20s, my teens, 20s. Okay. Old enough to be drinking, but dumb enough to not know any better. So Calico is able to bring this guy back. He was a little tipsy when she found him, and he's obviously quite smitten with her because of the golden root. And so he comes into the library and sees all you guys, like... I mean, I, I thought it was just you, but I, I guess your friends can join. No, feel <laughs> <laughs> a little bad about this. You, know, you only live once, right? Let's let's well, around know. here. He starts trying to like shake one of his arms out of the frock coat while he's trying to undo his shirt with his other hand. <laughs> so, uh, I brought him here. Who's finishing this? You got the daggers, bruh. You do need to take them to one of the permanent death rooms. Does it outline where one of those are at? Yeah, actually, and there's one that you know exactly where it is. It's where the Glass Brothers attacked Quinn. It's not It's not terribly far. I'm going to look at everybody and be like, I know where we need to go. 
I, oh, I, no. I, I take off down ahead of him. And I explained to Gay that we have to go to another room. Is it you, you got more friends? Oh, okay. Yep. Well, hey. And no one asked him his name? This is Alfred Marsh. No, don't. I don't want to know his name. If I know his name, I'll become attached to him. He is very excited about telling you all about him as you guys kind of walk through the hallways. He has recently inherited um, his family's trading business. He likes to call himself a trade prince. And, like, he's dressed pretty nicely, but, like, not nicely enough to actually be a trade prince. Like, he's probably just a pretty wealthy merchant. He occasionally, it's hard to tell if it's because he's drunk or if he's just kind of dumb, but, like, occasionally, like, misuses, like, really big words. Like, he's trying to sound smart and just does not. And that's why it's really important for you to have a trade route that is infractionary from bandits. Cool. So you make it back to the room where the Glass Brothers attacked Quinn. The door is locked and barred. Can I try to pick the lock? Mm-hmm. Eleven? Oh, yeah, you pick the shit out of that lock. Alfred was kind of, like, hanging over you the whole time, like, watching. He's like, that is so cool. Yeah. I can teach you how to um, do it someday. Oh, that'd be great. So you all slip into the room and close the door behind you. The one glass brother is still laying dead on the floor. It looks like they just kind of, like, locked it up and tried to, you know, so nobody else would walk in, but they haven't done anything to the room yet. And so Alfred is like, what the happened to that guy? <sighs> oh, no. Can I slow the start now? Um, sister, over this way. I like, go to the yep. middle of the, the floor. I turn my okay. back to him. I just look at Calico and I like, I'm like, you should probably do it now. Okay, I'm gonna like tie my scarf around his neck in like in a weird kind of way, and then when he's like looking away, I'm gonna like snap my hand so it like cuts. Oh, turn it on the blade. Yeah. The scarf slashes into his throat. He lets out just a little bit of a gurgle and then falls first to his knees and then topples completely onto the floor. The pooling blood makes a nice uh, reservoir for Rackham to use as he starts to draw this circle on the floor. There's a couple symbols that you have to draw onto the hands of anybody who wants to go through the circle to finish the ritual. Anybody who's going to go through has to stand in the circle, and there's a incantation you have to say. Can I check and make sure that the clasp is, like, knows going on? Well, you've got a sending stone. You can let it links you to um, Sharkin. I would tell him that we've been exposed. We have a way out, so... He says, if you've been exposed, get out of here. We're, we're just wrapping up right now. If if we don't meet up with you in a week, come back for us. Okay. Could I have been talking to Then while she was doing that? Sure. I want to ask him, like, while she's doing that and assuming she can't hear, what's the plan? What do we do with her? I'll follow your lead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> In my experience, these types of these teleporting spells are a little bit disorienting. On the other side, that might be a good time. I just nod. All right. Quinn, are you good to go? About as good as I can be right now. Mr. Finn, are you ready to go? On your mark. I'm going to start doing the incantation. As Rackham finishes the incantation, you feel the symbols on the back of your hands begin to grow warm and then hot. And then 
And then Than begins to talk, and though his lips move, no sound comes out. Instead, it is like a horrifying chorus of a thousand voices slamming into your head. With blood, you are bound to me. Of your own accord, you have sealed your fate. Submit to me. Open to me your mind. Give to me everything that is you. And then there's kind of a lurching feeling in your stomach, and you are suddenly sitting on a bunch of overstuffed chairs in like a little like a den type room. There's a nice toasty fire in the fireplace. There are multiple tables around the room. Each one has a container of chilled wine. I'm sitting on it with a number of glasses all around it. Fen is gone, and the voice in your mind says, Drink and accept me. I'm gonna pass on that. Can I go over to one of the tables and knock over a thing of wine? You can. Okay, I'm gonna do that. When you do that, you feel those waves crashing onto the beach of your mind, tearing into the shore as they crash in again and again. This time, though, it's not just your mind. Every muscle in your body feels like it's on fire. And when the waves finally stop, your muscles ache and you feel drained. You have a minus one strength debility. And just a reminder, debilities don't normally stack in Dungeon World, but we are stacking them for this. Okay. And you get a little bit of a nosebleed as the blind god expresses his displeasure. This this just got interesting. Do uh, I still have that ornamental dagger on me from earlier? Yeah. Can I use that blade to carve the symbol off my hand? You can try. I would like to try. So Quinn is starting to try to carve the symbol off of his hand. Not not. I don't know how large it is. If it's that, like, you know, just break the symbol basically. Um. You do. I think when you if you, when you cut it and break the symbol, that heat is still there. Um, yeah. Okay. Almost gonna have to kind of flay the back of your hand. I'll I'll, go, I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll flay my hand or that okay. part of it. So Quinn starts flaying his hand. What are the rest of you doing? I'm gonna see what happens with this first. <laughs> <laughs> what do we get out of it? Why should we serve you? I've never served anybody before, except Leandros. You will get the eternal comfort of never having to make a decision again. You will live by my will. I just want to go home. Could I try to channel the King in Yellow, like speaking in my like my head, like, what should I do? I need your help. Could I see if he would try to speak out to me? Go ahead and roll your invocation. Ooh, double sixes, so 12. Okay. What's your goal with uh, calling on the king in yellow? To get us out of this bind, to help us or either defeat the blind god or get out of here. Your vision goes hazy and then to like complete darkness. And then you are looking down on that chamber the, with the blind god. And you see yourself and your companions are kneeling on the stone floor in front of that sphere of water where the, the blind god is. From this vantage point, looking down, you see Aliardo off to the side, and you see him kind of like look around, like he's hearing something. And then he nods, and he gets to his feet and runs across the chamber and tackles Hans. The rest of you, you're watching Rackham in this trance. You see Hans go flying sideways, and instead of crashing into the floor, he disappears. I uh, stop what um, I'm doing, what I'm doing immediately after seeing that, by the way. Okay. <laughs> 
Hans, you find yourself flat on the stone floor uh, below the sphere of the blind god. Aliardo is on top of you, and he says, I don't know about you, but I've had enough of these mind games. Shall we confound this thing? <laughs> I'm kind of taken aback, and I'm like, yes, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what's going on at this point. <laughs> I just want to get, I just want to go. Your sister is nice, by the way. Nice. <laughs> you say that now, but uh, one of the guards grabs Eliardo and like yanks him to his feet, and Eliardo starts like fighting back against uh, the guard, but his hands are still tied, so he's not like he's mostly just like throwing elbows and shoulders, but like he he knows what he's about, and he starts driving the one guard back, uh, but the others have turned their staves into the swords, and the other car sorrows have taken interest in what's going on now too. So Hans, the rest of your companions are still kneeling on the ground in a line next to you, slack-jawed, and their eyes unfocused, like they're not even really, like, seeing anything. I want to, like, go shake a Quinn to get him out of the trance. As you get up, one of the guards starts moving towards you to stop you. What do you want to do? So in this case, I don't have my gauntlets anymore? You have your gauntlets. You do not have your sword. I would love to hit this guy super hard. To use the strength thing? Yeah. Nine. So you can hit him, but he's going to hit you back. Or you can hit him, but do a little bit less damage. He can hit me back. Go ahead and roll your damage. Seventeen. Good lord. Okay. And he is going to not do enough damage to get through your armor. So... So the guard advances on you and comes lunging in with one of the sword spears. You catch the blade with one of the gauntlets of the dying stars. You use his weapon to pull him toward you and swing a haymaker with your other hand. You can feel and see the gauntlet turning his jaw and the lower portion of his face into just a pulverized mess. The sound of breaking and grinding bones is drowned out by the sound of the impact which echoes out like a peal of thunder in this cavernous room. And he falls like a rag doll to the floor. I want to get the shaking, Quinn. Yeah. You start to shake him, and at first nothing really seems to happen. Shake him a little bit harder. Calico and Rackham, you see Quinn disappear from that study that you're in. Quinn, you are you're back in the chamber with the blind god. The guards are about to attack you and Hans. You rushed over. I have my weapons on me. No. Do I see my weapons around? Yes, they are on the table by the door. The same place that they were when the illusory Then showed up. Did I actually use my oil? I want to check if I have my oil of slipperiness. You do. Okay. I would like to use that oil to dash past everybody and get to my gun. Go ahead and roll Defy Danger Dexterity. You are definitely going to get past the guards like you did when it wasn't real. But this time, at least one of them is going to try to just hit you rather than get in your way. Okay, so since you're using the oil of slipperiness, the guard comes swinging up at you with the butt end of his staff. And you drop into a knee slide underneath it, pop up on the other side and run up to the table and start getting your gear together. The other guard is about to attack Hans. Fuck that guard. I'm going to do the wave of light thingy again. Roll it. Okay. It's a nine again. Roll your damage. Four. 
You punch forward again, feeling the drag and the superheated air like before. You feel the power welling up in the gauntlets again. This time, though, the gauntlets are getting hotter and hotter and hotter. The power keeps coming, and you realize it's too much for you to fully control. When the wave of golden energy bursts from the gauntlets, some of it washes back over you, burning you along with the guard. So you will take that four as well, and it is magical and ignores armor. So you take the full amount. Could I break my trance and try to get out of that? Yeah. So you feel your head kind of like jerk forward, like you're just waking up, and you are back in the study with Calico. Okay. I want to start, like, bargaining. Okay. What do you have in mind? I point at uh, Rackham and Calico, and I say, Milena, Milena, you can have those two. You can have them. The blind god can have them. If you just let myself and Quinn leave, we just want to go home. Roll plus charisma. So it's an 11. <laughs> I think that that would probably not have worked on any other Carsaros. But because she's still got a little thing for you, she is she is definitely considering it. Aliardo, on the other hand, looks at you with shock. What are you doing? And he throws an elbow into the one guard and then dives and hits Calico on the side to knock her into Rackham. Calico and Rackham, you feel yourself thrown sideways and then suddenly are lying on the floor of the blind god's chamber with Aliardo on top of you. I say, you idiot! You have no idea what you've done. You have no idea who you're dealing with. He says, I will not allow them to become prisoners of this thing. I want to shout to Hans. Hans, there's other time to take care of whatever problems we have to take care of. I'm just trying to get us out of here. Those psychic waves come crashing in again on all four of you as the blind god lets out an inaudible scream of anger. You're all going to take four damage and a minus one strength stability. I will grab, I guess, the belt with all of Calico's blades on it. Yeah, I'm going to just slide them, like, across the floor, like, or throw them to her. Okay. Let's get in the fight here, Calico. Cool. Who's in front of me, then? Okay. Yeah, a lot of things have changed, so let's just lay out the whole scene again. The room is circular, about 600 feet across. In the center is the blind god in a floating sphere of water. The sphere is about 200 feet across, halfway between the blind god and the door to the chamber. Calico, Rackham, and Aliardo are lying in a pile. Nearby, three guards are converging on Hans. The four Karsaros are about 50 feet away from all of that, at about 3 o'clock, if the door from the chamber is 12 o'clock. And Quinn is by the door with everybody's weapons. From my position, can I throw my scarf thing at one of the guards? Yeah. Roll your attack. Just that, just as you do, your blades slide up right next to you where your head is on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. That's a good hit. Roll your damage. Seven. The scarf goes spinning out from your hand, turning into steel and becoming almost like a buzzsaw spinning in the air. It slashes deep into one of the guard's thighs, staggering him. Milena says, Hans, darling, bring those two to me, and you have a deal. And the guards step back from you a little bit, and the rest of the Carsaros are just standing where they were watching. Let's shout back at Quinn, like, Quinn, help me, I can get us out of here. Uh, I'm kind of conflicted here. The Carsaros are all there in the back. Are they right next to, like, the big, like, god dude? 
They're about halfway between you and the sphere where the blind god is. Okay. I shout, she killed Fen in cold blood. You witnessed it the first time we met, and this one burned souls for fun. Whoa, I don't do it for fun. <laughs> Technically, I had reasons. It's not completely cold blood. I like to think I'm like slowly stepping toward her and o- ominously. I'm going to push Eliardo off of me. I think that, yeah, I think that the three of you, if you want to, can stand up. So Aliardo is kind of like, what, what is wrong with you people? Well, we're just trying to get out. He's a little mad because there was a, someone I had to take care of and he misunderstood the, what happened. And he was offended. So here we are. I (sighs) shouted Aliardo. I said, you better give me a better option because this is the only one I have right now. Rackham, go ahead and uh, give me a defy danger uh, intelligence. You feel those psychic waves crashing into you again. And by now you realize this is the blind god exerting or trying to exert its power over you. And you can feel it tugging at your limbs like it's trying to get you to do something very specific. But you are able to fight it off this time. Okay. I would tell Hans that I have no problem with him, so I don't know why he's trying to kill me. You'll live forever here. Come on, be realistic about this. We're all just trying to get out. Quinn? I'm just kind of, I, I really have no idea what to do right now. I'm kind of just, like, conflicted. Hans, roll Defy Danger Intelligence. Seven. You feel those psychic waves now. You feel the blind god tugging at your limbs. At the same time, you feel that anger you have towards Calico growing just a little bit sharper. And so it doesn't take much of a push for you to find yourself lunging forward to attack Calico. Can I, can I have done something if I saw him doing that? I'm going to have all three of you roll in slack. Calico and Rackham roll Defy Danger Dexterity, and Hans roll Hack and Slash. Fourteen. Ten. Nine. Rackham, you see Hans as it starts lunging at your sister. You do have an opportunity to do something while he's attacking. I want to give him the urge to surrender. Okay. Rackham, roll to cast. And Hans, roll plus your wisdom. Fuck. <laughs> well, mark experience. Three. Seven. Yeah, I was just doing this as like a, a straight contest. So, Rackham, you cast uh, the spell at Hans. And he does not miss a single beat. Given Han's attack roll and Calico's defy danger, you both have the opportunity to do damage against each other. So five minus Han's armor is one, and nine minus Calico's armor is six. So Hans, you come crashing into Calico. Calico, you manage to get your dagger up and you slice into him. But he smashes into you like a raging bull. Can I just try to tackle her now? Yeah, you charge her and hit her. There's not much she can do to keep you from knocking her to the ground. I shout for Milena, have your guards take her. After he would tackle her, I would try to like wrestle him off of her. But instead of like physically trying to do it, I'm just going to cast Brimstone. The second I see him move towards Malkin, I'll fire at him. Who's <laughs> Malkin? Or, you know what I'm saying. Fans of our expanded universe will get a chance to see Malkin in future wild endeavors. Though in this instance, as Rackham moves towards Hans, Quintus is taking a shot. Quinn, roll your shot. Rackham, roll defy dexterity. Eight. Twelve. Quinn, roll your damage. Six. 
Okay. The bullet comes flying across the room, catches Rackham in the shoulder, and then spins him just a little bit. No, it doesn't. This isn't Hollywood. It just hits him in the shoulder. Uh, it does distract him from the spell he was about to cast. Um, you all feel another wave of that psychic energy. You're going to take three psychic damage, and you're all going to take a debility dexterity. Quinn, you need to get him and hold him. I reload my gun and I take aim at his knee. Eliardo chimes in. You fools. Can't you see this is exactly what they want? They want you fighting each other so you can fight them. I said uh, I... a better option. As, as soon as I hear that, then I, I lower my gun at Rackham and just like give him a nod. To me? No, to Eliardo. As you do that, one of the guards is going to run over and uh, tackle Eliardo. Can I fire at that guard? Sure. Eight. Partial success on a volley. You put yourself in danger to make the shot. You take what you can get and do less damage. Or you have to take several shots and you use up an ammo. What would you like to do? I'll do the take what I can get. Ten. Your rifle roars through the chamber again. And you see the bullet hit the guard just before he slams into Aliardo. Aliardo still goes down. But he immediately starts working his way out from under the guard. And the guard does not seem to be putting up any sort of resistance. In fact, that guard does not seem to be moving at all. Can I get my scarf out at right now? Don't you already have it out? Yeah. Some of your options with it will be limited because Hans is holding you against the ground. But yes, you have it and you can do something with it. Attack, Milena. Yeah, roll your attack. Eleven. That is a good hit. Seven. Because of the way that you're laying on the ground, you send the scarf out kind of frisbee style, and again turns into like a sheet of steel and begins to spin. It arcs up and catches Milena in the shoulder, and then continues to go up and across her face, leaving a pretty deep canyon of blood in its wake. And the Carsaros have gone from looking kind of cruelly amused to now looking very angry. Hans is still on my sister. Uh-huh. I'm gonna grab him, like, by the shoulders, and I'm gonna, like, lean in and be like, you think I burn souls for fun? I'm gonna have fun with yours, and I'm gonna burn a soul. Oh, Evan, why did you have to say that out loud? Can I gauntlet him? Can I, like, do the light gauntlet thing? And we descend into chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Rackham, go ahead and roll the cast. Motherfucker. Three. Okay, and Hans, what do you want to try to do? I wanted to blast the fuck out of him to get him away from me. Roll it up. If he's doing that, though, would he lose his grip on uh, Calico? Depends on how he rolls. Uh, and you're lucky. It's a six. Go ahead and roll your damage. Seven. Rackham, you hop on his back and say that into his ear and reach up to start casting Brimstone. And Hans just turns and puts his gauntlet on your hand. And there's a flash of light as the, the Brimstone hits the, the magic coming out of the gauntlet. And all three of you, um, Calico included, are going to take damage as that just explodes around you. Hans is going to just throw Calico forward, throw her away from me if I just want to have no part in my soul being burned. Well, Calico is almost dead right now, so... I want to yell at Eliardo again, like, what do you want us to do? I'm running out of options. He points to the blind god and says, That thing wants to make us mindless thralls for the rest of eternity. Help me kill it. Kill the god. We killed worse. I yell at Rackham and I say, how the fuck do you kill a god? You all are going to take two more psychic damage as the blind god just keeps raging 
All right, can I um, shoot my gauntlet light thingy at the water? Yeah. That's a seven. It's a partial success. So you're again having trouble controlling all the power in the gauntlets. So while you will damage the blind god, you are also either going to damage yourself or you are going to do damage to somebody else as well. I'll do damage to myself. Uh, So go ahead and roll your damage. That's 11. Okay. That is a damn good hit. Um, You're going to take five damage. As the the beam of light comes out of the gauntlets and flashes like through the room, up through that sphere of water, a cloud of steam bursts in the area as the light burns away a tunnel of water, and then it hits the the blind god, and the thing screams... This is the first time, like, it screams physically, and you can hear it, like, bubbling through the water and through that tunnel that was temporarily, like, burned through it. And then as the sphere kind of forms back up around it, like, closing in that tunnel, you can still hear it a little bit, but it's now muffled. And now the guards and the Karsaros are preparing to attack you. What would you like to do about that? I want to look at Hans and answer his question, how do you kill a god? And I'm going to look back at him, and I'm going to say in, like in the same type of voice modulator you would, you burn a soul. And I want to like look at him, and as I say that, turn turn around and fire a chaos blast at the blind god. Before we resolve that, let's get a quick around the table what everybody is doing. Um, I'm taking a healing potion since I'm at two. So you regain ten hit points. I am going to fire... A shot at the blind gods. It seems like a move everybody wants to make right now. And um, I'm going to use my only grip point that I have. I will do an arterial shot. Rackham, roll to cast. Ten. Straight ten. Your chaos blast hits at the same time as Quinn's bullet. And they kind of smash into the sphere. There's just enough water between the blind god and the outside that, like, the bullet slows, doesn't get all the way to him, and there's kind of just floating near him. And the chaos blast just explodes. There's a bunch more steam and, like, water gets burned away, but it doesn't hit the blind god. And then, because nothing stopped or slowed the guards, two of them are going to come and hit you, Rackham. Actually, because it is two of them, go ahead and roll a defy danger. That's a five. So not great. Probably dead. Uh, they're going to do a combined 11 damage. Um, I'm down. Oh boy, okay. So the guards rush up on you. One of them is going to smack you with the butt of his spear in your stomach. And as you double over, the other one comes stabbing down with a sword spear right into your back. And for you, everything goes black. And Rackham, you're going to have to roll a last breath. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> does, he have to, does he have to roll it in slot? I think so. I think we have to. <laughs> is it a one-time thing? The last breath is just 2d6. On a 10+, plus, you've cheated death. You are unconscious, but not in danger of dying. 7 to 9, death or some other like entity will offer you a bargain. You can take it and return to the land of the living, or refuse and go beyond the veil. And six or less is straight up dead zone. I don't I don't think I made it. 
You got a seven, didn't you? Yeah. Did yeah. I make it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> happy for Evan. I'm not happy for Rackham. <laughs> you, might, you might have to do some things, but you're back. Hmm. So Rackham, pain explodes in a burst of light behind your eyes. And then you are standing in the middle of a vast expanse of black salt flats. The sky and ground is black, as far as you can see in every direction. The hazy, fog-laden air is illuminated by a large flame, maybe only only about 300 feet from you. Uh, you recognize this place. You've seen this place before in a vision, while you were still locked up in the asylum. Drawing closer, you see a, a shape in the flames. It's a person. Their arms are spread wide, and their head is thrown back. The flames engulf them and dance around them. Their face is raised to the starless sky, and drawing even closer, you can feel the heat of the flames, and the head lowers to look at you. In the dance of the fire, it's difficult to make out many of the features or details, uh, but suddenly you can see the eyes. Uh, they burn red, almost as if they had their own fire. The woman in the fire is no one you have ever seen. She has long, black, curly hair. Her lips half curl into a smirk. And though the flames cover most of her, you can see among the dancing that she is naked and that virtually every inch of her is covered in scars and carvings, runes and strange words, symbols that remind you of the great old ones have all been carved into her flesh. You glance around and see the darkness is closing in around you on all sides. If you stay where you are or you move away, you'll be swallowed up by it and lost. If you move toward her, you will burn, but the darkness will not get you. Uh, I'm going to probably move towards her then. Okay. The fire expands and engulfs both of you. You have made another pact with the king in yellow. Back in Karsaro Keep, your body begins to breathe ever so shallowly, but you are alive. So there is a moment where it looks like uh, Rackham is not breathing, and then he takes just another, like, slow, shallow breath. So, Calico, you wanted to slide over to him with a potion? Right? Yeah. Can I throw uh, a dagger while I'm doing that at What's-Her-Face? Sure. Sweet. Um, All right. Give me a defy danger dexterity. Eleven. I mean, tell me if you have something else in, there, in your head, but, like, I picture you just like pushing yourself backwards on the floor and you're kind of like sliding along on, and then they like, toss a dagger at Milena and then mm -hmm. you kind of like skid to a stop next to Rackham and you pull out your potion and start pouring yeah. into his mouth right uh, so roll your attack nine that is a partial so which of the penalties are you going to take mm, I've got three of them um, I'll lose one of my daggers. As you're kind of like sliding back towards Rackham, you actually like, you throw one, and she kind of like is like a like a badass, just like knocks it out of the the air. But you already were throwing a second one, and that one hits her. Okay. Uh, roll some damage. Nine damage. Okay. Where are you hitting her? Low, probably around the stomach area, since I'm lower down. So she knocks the one dagger away, and then the second one hits her, like, right in the stomach. And she just kind of stops, 
like she was, you know, like stalking towards you. This stops her in her tracks and she grabs at it and then she just glances over at Hans and then she falls to the ground. First to her hands and knees where she wobbles for just a second and then collapses fully. And Calico, you get to watch as the light goes out of her eyes and she dies. I feel like she was being genuine. Old man Carsaro is going to run at Hans. And Xavier is going to shoot some magic missiles at Quinn. So let's start there. Quinn, go ahead and roll Defy Danger. 12. How do you want to dodge him? Uh, I'm going to dip, dive, duck, dodge, and dive. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah, I think you see the you see those bolts of magicum flying at you. And you kind of like do like a little combat roll forward, getting out of the way, and come back up into your shooting position. Hans, roll Defy Danger. Nine. So you can take no damage, but you'll be in a dangerous position. Like, he'll be posed to hit you with, like, a death stroke. Or you can take the damage from him. I'll do the take no damage. Okay, so I think, like, as you are trying to defend yourself, knocking away his sword strikes with, with the gauntlets, you slip on some, like, water that's on the floor, like, from the, the sphere, and you fall down to, like, one knee... And so he is standing over you with a sword. And if nobody does anything to stop him, he's going to kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely shooting at him. So what is, what's your intention with this shot? Is he, like, approaching Hans or is he on he's top like, of Hans? He's standing over Hans. Like, Hans is down on one knee. He's standing right above him, like, his sword up, like, holding in both hands, like, about to stab down on him. I'm going to aim for his hands. Try to disarm uh, him if I can. Yep. Roll to attack. Uh, 11. Roll your damage. 13 damage. Your bullet flies across the room. Um, the bullet goes right through his right hand and hits the sword and, like, just explodes. There's just, you know, splinters and shatters. And that shrapnel just tears his hand almost uh, to pieces. He's kind of, like, screams and drops his sword and is grabbing at his wrist. The shrapnel from the bullet has just so shredded his hand and wrist that his hand is almost, like, falling off. And the artery is just gushing blood all over Hans. And Ephraim kind of, like, takes a couple steps backwards, just screaming at his mangled hand and then kind of falls backwards onto his like into like a seated position and then slowly just kind of falls over backwards um as he bleeds out like pretty quickly cool damn so, what do you all want to do han still really super wants to take a healing potion Hans is taking a healing potion rackham you are you are back with the living world but i haven't taken a healing tonic yet uh no she gave you one okay who's the spellcaster savior all right you know i want to burn him with chaos magic uh, nine. Roll your damage. Yeah, 11 damage. So what does that look like? So seeing that Hans is now helping again, and I'm back up, I'm like, <gasps> like standing up as I'm breathing like that. I'm just like, ah, and I just, boo, like uh, you see the yellow energy just surrounding me because I imagine I popped back up with yellow energy because I had to strike a deal with the king in yellow. Um, so I'm just going to like blast a, a chaos bolt at him. Then I will throw one that guy the guard that's right next to rackham okay cool cool okay good <laughs> that's 10 with seven damage that was the one that uh hans had blasted so where are you hitting him in the face well 
Um, as you'd imagine, with a, someone catching a dagger in the face, he does not get back up. What enemies are standing right now? There is one guard that is kind of close to Calico and Rackham. There is Xavier Carsaro, um, and then the the young teenaged Carsaro girl. What is the girl doing? She is she's advancing on the group. Like she's she's got like a, one of the staff swords. She doesn't look like a great fighter, but she's gonna she's gonna stab somebody. I'm gonna use a coin and do my rapid fire. And yeah, so I'm gonna fire two shots at two different targets. And okay. it's gonna be both the standing Corsaros that are coming at us. Okay, roll it up. Fourteen. Hell yeah. Getting all the grip points, man. Go ahead and roll Xavier's damage first. Ten. And where are you hitting him? Probably probably just the head. Okay, and then go ahead and roll damage for the girl. Thirteen. And where are you hitting her? Probably the like the heart. So your gun roars twice. The first one catches Xavier between the eyes. He gives you a confused look and then just crumples to the ground. I love gunslingers, man. <laughs> the younger Carsaro girl slaps her hand to her chest and takes a couple of very shaky steps. And then suddenly her white gown just begins to blossom red around her hand. And she tries to take another step and kind of stumbles sideways, and then drops to one knee, and then falls to the ground. There is another psychic scream. You each are going to take five damage. The blind god seems to be incredibly angry, though, and the remaining guard starts bleeding from his ears and his nose and mouth, and he kind of drops to his knees and falls over. So it's just the four of you and the blind god and Eliardo. Can I use my gauntlet to shoot my light power into the sphere again? Yeah. Can um, they fire a blast right behind that? You can try. Okay, well, I'm going to use my fast to attack. Sure. I am slowly walking up as he's preparing that, taking my jacket off, and then taking my bandolier off and readying a blast like you would not believe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no pressure, but this could be really awesome. Let's roll it up. Seven. Just barely, but it's good. Ten. Ten? Fourteen. All right, and then everybody roll damage. Eleven. Ten. Twelve. Nine. Hans blasts out a beam of light from the gauntlets of the dying stars. The golden energy tears a hole through the water and strikes the blind god. The creature screams its horrid physical cry. Right behind the beam comes Rackham's chaos blast. With it is one of Quinn's bandoliers of bullets. As they mix, the chaos energy begins to ignite a string of tiny explosions as dozens of bullets go flying out from the bandolier into the blind god. And then as the tunnel carved by the beam of light begins to collapse, Calico's razor-like scarf slides in, destroying several of the milky red eyes. You hear and feel the thing scream one more time. But the psychic scream doesn't have the weight it did just moments ago. Instead of a wave crashing into the shore, this is a gentle tide going out. 
And then, like a water balloon popping, the sphere bursts. Tens of thousands of gallons of water splash to the ground and begin rushing throughout the room. The blind god flops to the ground. A dead, broken thing. And then everything goes quiet. Hey guys, we killed a god. As you all are catching your breath, starting to appraise some of your wounds, and Eliardo climbs out from under the corpse and finally is able to cut his hands free, there's a moment of the four of you looking at each other. Given all that's just happened, all that you just did, all that you just did to each other, and knowing that none of you would probably be standing there right now if you hadn't worked together, what do you want to do? I'm going to ask Hans if he still wants to kill me. I don't care about you. I want to leave this place. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Turning you up to them seemed like the quickest way to be able to leave this place until he killed my girlfriend. And we all know what you did. We don't even need to talk about it. Uh, I mean, just to to be clear, uh, Calico killed your girlfriend. Yeah. God, so she fucking killed my girlfriend too? Yeah. God. Do you want to fight me? Let's go. <laughs> Man, that's rough. That is rough. <laughs> to be fair, your girlfriend was trying to sacrifice this to gods. So she was gonna let me go. That's bullshit, and you know it. <laughs> Listen, we're all on edge because of where we are and the situation we're in. I'm sorry to rack him for shooting you. I was just trying to hold you back, and uh, I, we just we really need to focus right now and get the Let's hell just out of get- here. I want to go home. Then the doors to the chamber open. I point my gun at it immediately. Six more Karsaro guards move swiftly into the room, their sword spears at the ready. Um, sake. Following them into the room is another Karsaro, his hawk-like nose prominent, his hair more salt than pepper. He stands just inside the threshold and surveys the room. His eyes well with tears when he sees his dead kin scattered throughout the room. A single word, barely a whisper, escapes Aliardo's lips. Father. And then he begins moving toward the man. The Carsaro Patriarch moves into the room toward his son. Just moments later, one more Carsaro enters the room, flanked by a pair of guards. She is still holding her gown in one hand as if she has just run here. Her raven black hair does a better job of hiding her years, though she seems to be of an age with the elder Carsaro. When she sees her dead children around the room, her features harden, her expression one of iron. She moves to the body of the young girl, the one that Quinn shot, and then Aliardo and his father approach the four of you. I am Alonzo Carsaro. You have freed us from the Blind One's grip. For that, we owe you our eternal gratitude. And even though there are some who will say we deserved this punishment, and they may not be wrong, you have also taken the lives of all but one of my children. For that, there must be reckoning. But I promise you that no harm will come from me or mine while you are our guests and I would extend to you an invitation to stay here as our guests 
as long as you like. Nah. The Karsara woman approaches. She introduces herself as Katarina. And she and Alonzo and Eliardo excuse themselves and step to the side. You catch snippets of a tearful reunion between the three. The parents beg forgiveness for locking him in the dungeon. They talk about how much it hurt to have to watch themselves doing that to him and knowing they had no power. And for his part, the son tries to reassure them that he has forgiven them, that he never blamed them. Some more guards and household staff come into the room as they begin to deal with the fallen Carsaros. One of the household doctors is going to give each of you three healing potions. Woo. What are you all doing during all this? I feel like I'm over at Milena's body, and I like I'm I'm the one that's like covering her up with the sheet, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of just kneeling over there. Eliardo's come over and put a hand on uh, Hans's shoulder, and he says, "Thank you for your kindness to her. I'm glad she got to know you. I could tell you were special to her, even if your acquaintance was short-lived. It eases my heart to know that she had even a glimmer of hope." At the end of such a long and dark life. Um, I'm going to ask about the silence. Alonzo looks like someone who just realized they left home and left the oven on. By the gods, how that disease was ever let into this house. And then you can see he gets an idea. Perhaps this can be our reckoning. My household staff, while quite capable, are no match for the silence. And my family, too broken in our current state, to face Godin Rao. If you can rid my home of those horrid creatures, we could consider our ledger clean. And we would, in fact, be happy to help you go home. We just want to go home. Then rid my house of these vermin, and we will send you on your way. Well, some of my people should be going after the rest of the silence. As if summoned by the mention, a voice starts squawking out of Calico's pocket, more specifically out of the sending stone in her pocket. It is Sharkin. Calico! We found him! We've got him cornered in the east wing! And then there's a sound of fighting, blades clashing in the background. Sharkin lets out a grunt. It's hard to say if it's a grunt of pain or if he's the one attacking. Either way, he then says, We're on the first floor. Take the north hallway and the first big right you come to. (laughs) These poor bastards. (laughs) They only have us five to one. I'll try not to kill them all before you get here, but maybe don't take too long. So we're going to go there. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. This is it. It's almost all over. All our adventurers have to do is survive one more episode, one more challenge, and they get to go home. Following part two of the series finale, we're going to go on a little bit of a hiatus as we prepare to bring you a brand new campaign. During that time, we will be bringing you some more Tales of Aria one-shots. In particular, we have our eyes set on Shark Week and International Tabletop Day. So make sure you're subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platform. 
And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest information on hiatus episodes and the launch date of our new campaign. You can find us on both platforms at Wild Endeavors. And for more about the world, check out our periodic series on Instagram. We post lore about the world, and I share NPCs that our adventurers never got to see. Reviews and ratings on your favorite podcast platform is one of the best ways to help us grow and share our endeavors. But more than anything, I hope that you share these adventures with a friend. A good story becomes even better when it's enjoyed with somebody you care about. So come back next week so we can share another story with you. So that is where we will pick back up um, next time with you guys heading off to the silence. Damn, I thought this was going to be it. <laughs> um, one more? No. no. <clears throat> uh, next one. I thought we were all going to kill each other, too. Oh, well, yeah. yeah I... <laughs> so was Sten not real? He was no. not. Uh, no, he helped me out. Of the, <sighs> oh my God. He what? I said he helped me out. <laughs> Did he though? Did he? Did he? If he hadn't have done that, then all that other stuff wouldn't have happened, and you wouldn't have known I betrayed you, and you would have attacked us. You would have attacked the guards instead of us. So. Right. Right. It I like maybe that it. was part of his plan. I had to play it how it was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, cool. Yeah, I, think, I mean that was. I think you guys did a good job playing that. It was uh, just a. Uh... What I what I wanted to say to Hans was, I don't burn souls for fun, but with yours, I will have fun. <laughs> is that is that supposed to be better or worse? I'm not. Dude, I, I was so ready yeah. to just blow your brains out, Rackham, after that comment. <laughs> <laughs> he was huh? Hans was trying to betray us. Whoa, whoa! He, he was going after your sister. I think. Yeah. I think your reaction was not uncalled for. Hold on, let me but, let me uh, ref- let me review my uh, bonds real quick. I distrust everybody but Hans. Hans, <laughs> who should I follow here? Oh, well, <laughs> your bond, oh, man. Shitty. You guys, I was. <laughs> The only reason I didn't like full blown join Hans is because I didn't trust the enemy to help us afterwards. Like I mm-hmm. like, so I was holding my shot, waiting to see what the enemy was doing. Mm-hmm. The I'm only like, reason that they're still alive right now. I feel like Milena maybe would have done it, but I also not wasn't really clear on without Quinn's help how we would have restrained both of them. So. Yeah, well, there was that, and there was the fact that, that we were like going to be severely outnumbered if it was just the two of us. So I was just, like trying to weigh my odds here. Mm-hmm. We're hoping. I don't know. Yeah, it made for a very interesting fight. Um... 
that was, yeah, not at all how I thought that was going to go. <laughs> You've been saying that a lot more recently. You had Dead I know, Sen- which is great. <laughs> you had Dead Sen tell me that she poisoned me mm-hmm. and then put us in a room together after it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you had an inkling that there might be some tension. Well, I kind of thought things would kick off in that room. Um, so when I didn't, then I was like, okay, well, this is going to get interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. How long have you, have you been playing on that one? Um, that one only about a month. Oh, okay. It's pretty good. I didn't realize we could kill a God or I would have. Um, it, it wasn't really a God. I didn't think um, so. It just it w- was getting the people who controlled to call it a god. Um, Demon prince or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You can't take the enemies too literal. <laughs> um, I think it certainly thought of itself as a god. Um, uh, but it was uh, an aboleth. Oh, god. That's not oh. bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're not oh. good. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're not fun. They're 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 pretty nasty creatures. At least in five e, they are. They are equally nasty in Dungeon World. I searched Aboleth and I see pictures of it, and it looks like the fish thing you said. Yeah, I made mine a little bit uh, yeah. weirder looking, but so this was the thing that was bringing people back, like from death. Yes and no. Alright. Yeah, I like want to know like are the people in the valley like all of a sudden like aware? Like like this curse has been broken and now they know. Or will we get into that later? Or that is a great question. 